Hello and welcome to the Fairview Knox Church Prophecy Update podcast series, a series totally dedicated to looking at today's news and events through the lens of biblical prophecy. And now, let's turn it over to your host and the lead pastor at Fairview Knox Church, Jeff Laborde. Well, thank you, Jeremy, and I want to welcome you back to our Prophecy Update podcast and thank each and every one of you for how you have encouraged us by subscribing and listening and sharing. And I want to invite you, if you're not uh, currently participating in our online worship services at fairviewknox.com, or stop by our YouTube channel, Jeff LeBorg Ministries, and give us a, a shout out, give us a share or a like, and uh, let us know that uh, you're part of what God's doing through this ministry. Certainly appreciate um, all the kind words and encouragement that we've received. Now, what I want to do today is uh, I want to speak very quickly uh, through the biblical lens, which is very important. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your first and final authority is the Word of God. Not the headlines, not the political climate, not what's going on in contemporary times. That's the beauty of the inspired, infallible, and inerrant Word of God. It transcends trends and time, and it becomes a timeless authority that's able to guide us through days like we're living in right now. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I don't have to tell you what it means to be able to pick up the sacred scriptures and be able to read and draw confidence. I think that's what Paul meant when he said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18, that we're to encourage one another with these words. So today what we're going to look at is uh, very important. We're going to look through the perception sieve, through the lens of Holy Scripture at what's going on around us and why it is that we sense that at least for this moment, things are not only the severity of what's happening, but the frequency of what's happening. It, It seems that we can't catch our breath Literally, in some cases, because we get through one variant and there's another. We get through one situation and we're hit with another. We have one political, um, you know, situation that sets our country on its heels and then we get hit with another. But I want you to know our Lord told us this and he very clearly painted a picture again with an illustration that was timeless. He said in the last days, that it it would be like the birth pangs of a woman. It'd be like the water breaking right before the birth of the child. The severity of those labor pains. You know, they start out 10 minutes apart, 6 minutes apart, 4 minutes apart, 1 minute apart, and then here it comes. It, you've waited all that time through the pregnancy, and it seems just in the, an immediate moment. Here's the birth. That's exactly what you and I are living in, beloved. And so what I want to do is I I want to encourage you um, in your private praise and prayer time to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I'm going to share with you verses 1 through 4 today. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, that's very important that you hear what Paul's saying now. Concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, but you 
are not in darkness, brothers and sisters, for that day to surprise you like a thief. When Paul uses the word times and seasons, you have to remember that he has his Bible uh, contains 39 books, essentially. It's the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Now, so when he's talking about times and seasons, it's two very specific words that he's using there. He's using uh, the, the word time is our word chronos. Uh, that's the tick-tock of the clock. That's the calendar. And then he uses the word seasons. That's the word kairos, meaning that it's not defined by a watch or a calendar. There are divine seasons when God has set his heart and his grace to do some things. Now, we know this because we've got a picture of this from Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 37. It it reads this, These are the divine appointed times of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations to present offerings by fire to Yahweh, burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink, drink offerings. Each day's matter on its own day. Now that word appointed times is the word moed and it 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 means seasons. I have appointed some seasons. For example, uh, in our westernized oftentimes in our American Christianity because we read the sacred text through a cultural bias, we're we're oblivious to the fact that as we hold a Hebrew document, which the Bible is, written almost almost entirely exclusively by Hebrews, we read it in a way that divorces us from its contextual truth. For example, when the Lord said in Genesis chapter 1, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens and divide the day from the night and let them be as signs and seasons for the days. Well, you and I tend to believe that and rightly so, if we if we haven't been exposed to the background culturally, uh, and a lot of pastors, including myself, uh, have been reticent. You know, we've been a little bit reluctant because when we teach from a Hebraic historical contextual side of the scriptures, uh, the pushback can be phenomenal. It can be vicious. Uh, I've, I've experienced it in my own ministry when you're trying to teach the truth, the totality of the Word of God. Uh, but because tradition nullifies the Word of God, there are those with scratching ears, itching ears that are just simply not going to receive it. Well, here's the bottom line, beloved. When Jesus, or uh, rather when God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, for signs and seasons, that word is moed. It's not winter, spring, summer, or fall. What he's saying is, I have created that the firmament, the heavens, to declare the night and the day as signs and seasons. Uh, now, he's going to reinforce that truth when you get to Leviticus chapter 23, and he's going to install, he's going to give Moses, who's led the covenant people of Israel, not the political people. Now, listen to me. I, I was asked this very week, if you heard my message this previous Sunday uh, concerning uh, the contrast between Abraham and Lot, um, I was asked why I would stand with Israel in such a radical way. Well, it was misinterpreted. I'm not talking about political Israel. I'm talking about biblical Israel, the covenant people of God. Beloved, no other nation has ever been birthed, formed, intentionally brought out of the out of the biological impossibility of a man and a woman by the name of Abram and Sarai. 
as have the Hebrews. God has a plan for his covenant people called Israel, and he's very clear. He said, I will keep this covenant as long as the sun shines, the moon is in the heavens, and the stars bedeck the the universe. Now, beloved, there's not a time the sun hasn't shone and the moon hasn't been in the skies and the stars twinkle. Beloved, he has an Elohim, a eternal covenant with a people. Now, I'm not talking about the politics of the land today. I'm talking about the people, the Hebrews, that came back as a miraculous people in 1948. And Isaiah 66.8, who has seen such a thing that a nation should be born in a day? Well, beloved, you and I have seen that. So he has put in their calendar. That's very important that you listen to this because of the last days that we're living in. In fact, I submit to you, we're not in the last days. I submit we're in the last hours of the last days. I'm, I'm telling you, this thing's wrapping up, and that's not my opinion in, in such. I believe from Scripture, there is a valid, undeniable truth that you and I are that generation seeing the budding of the fig tree, which is emblematic of Israel. Listen to what he says about the signs and the seasons in Leviticus 23. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feast of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feast. That word feast is moed, divine appointments. These are seasons. So, for example, beloved, we are going into uh, Monday, September the 6th. We are going into a divine season. Oftentimes, we have taught in the Western culture that the feast, those seven feasts that were given to Israel, that they are the Hebrews' feast. They're not. They are the Lord's feast. And you and I that are children of God's grace, we're saved by the same grace, just like the Old Testament saints. They're saved by faith looking to the promised seed, the coming of Yahshua Messiah. You and I are saved by by faith, you know, by grace, through faith, by looking back at the arrival of Yahshua Messiah. So we're, we're all saved by grace, but God has a very distinct plan for his people called Israel and a very distinct plan for the bride of Christ called the church that was birthed, in fact, at, at the feast of Shavuot, at the feast of Pentecost, we the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God came. Jesus was crucified on Passover. He he fulfilled the uh, unleavened bread, the feast of unleavened bread. He had no sin, no leaven. He was without sin, tempted at all points, but failed at none. He was he is the the fulfillment of the first fruits. He came out of that grave with all power and authority on the third day. Forty nine days, literally fifty days later. According to the Feast of Shavuot, the Feast of Pentecost, that divine Moed, that season, the Holy Spirit, the promised comforter came and birthed something that had never been before, the bride of Christ, the church of the living God. Now, we're going in Monday, uh, Israel will be going into what's called the Feast of Torah, the Rosh Hashanah, the, the, the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, it will begin Monday the 6th and go through Wednesday uh, September the 8th, which leads into the three feasts of the fall, 
Yom Kippur, and then ultimately into the time of Booth or Sukkot or what we call the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you this because you need to understand, Paul said, I don't have to write to you concerning the times, the chronos, and the seasons, the keros, the kairos, because you have an understanding. He just expected as believers filled with the Spirit, reading the Word of God, that you and I would have enough sense about us, enough spiritual sense to understand what's going on around us is is a divine unfolding of God's eternal prophetic plan. We are in a season. Not only is the enemy stirred up, Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, the, the devil knows. Satan understands his time's limited. He knows Bible prophecy better than all of the minds ever put together in our frailty and our humanity. He understands his time is coming to a close. He's stirred up. That's why you're seeing so much happening so quickly because we are in the midst of the birth pains of Jacob. Now, the reason I want you to know this is because for Christy and I, my wife and I, we're going to be celebrating even as New Testament believers, we believe that those seven seasons, those moeds, which are seasons, those are times that are not restricted by, by a clock or a calendar, when the Spirit of God's doing a very special work. I'm, I'm going to share some things this coming Sunday, which will be September the 5th, for those of you that are catching this podcast a little late. I'm going to share some things that I, because Christ fulfilled the first four feasts, those those divine seasons, and he calls them holy convocations. Now listen carefully. When he uses the word holy convocation, it's the it's the Hebrew word makarah, and it literally means a dress rehearsal. So here again, what the Holy Spirit is saying through the inspired Word of God, Leviticus twenty three thirty six thirty seven. These are appointed moeds, times, which Yahweh has proclaimed holy convocations to present offerings to Yahweh. Here's, here's if you will let me do this without doing any damage to the text. Here's, here's a, what I call a Jeffrey Thomas translation. He has appointed some divine seasons in the busyness of our life, beloved, because the very characteristics of the last days, he said it'd be as the days of Noah. Look at the people that are watching as Noah erects this living illustration as he's preaching the divine judgment coming. The ark is a it's it's a it's a ship of grace. It's it's a it's a project of rescue. But the world's so busy buying and selling and trading and going and getting and doing that they're oblivious, that the very grace of God is being erected in front of them. It's the same thing I see today, just oblivious to the fact that we are so close to going home. There are seven different times throughout the calendar that God has intentionally built in these moeds, these seasons to say, look, stop. Life does not consist in the abundance of stuff. Slow down, and let's have a dress rehearsal, holy convocation, literally, mikrah. If if you were a Hebrew and your daughter or your son were about to be betrothed, they were going to go through the covenant marriage process, the, the celebration and ceremony. 
They would say, we're, we're going to a makarah, a holy com. We're going to do the dress rehearsal for the wedding. That's what the feasts are. They are reminders that at Passover, it was paid by the Lamb of God. He was the unleavened, spotless, sinless Lamb of God. He came out on first fruits because he lives, we'll live. Uh, we're going into, uh, empowered as the church, the Shavuot, the the coming of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, the very one that called him out of that grave. When he said, I, I've, I'm giving you all authority, what does he mean? He's not talking about uh, just information from the Word of God. He's talking about the endowment of the Holy Spirit. These are divine rehearsals for us to live out his purpose in our life. Now, the reason that I share some of these technical things with you is because I want to invite you to join us Set Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, September 6th, 7th and 8th. Set those days aside and spend some time fasting. You know medically what you can do, but just let some of the things of the world go away. Step away from some of the things that are distractions and discouragements, some things that are just simply keeping you from giving your full attention and affection to the things of God. This is Yom Tarura, the Feast of Trumpets. Sunday, I'm going to share why I believe that it is a holy convocation, a dress rehearsal, a season in which I believe that because Christ fulfilled the first four feasts in chronological sequence, I believe he's going to fulfill the last three in biblical chronological sequence. And I I would just say to you, beloved, what better time? Over, over those few days, to just return to your first love, to examine, to really review. Is your heart hot for God? Are you, are you passionate about sharing your faith? And I want to tell you why, and I'm going to close with this ever so quickly. I know that there are a lot of people that are discouraged. You're watching the destruction of our nation, the moral foundation that has completely eroded around us. Uh, Truth is now a lie. A lie is now truth. In fact, if I could borrow from the words of the Old Testament prophet, truth has stumbled in the streets. And it's utterly unbelievable how quickly we got here. I, I understand that it's agonizing to watch what has been one of the greatest nations in the history of humanity and to live in such liberty begin to simply dissolve before our very eyes. And that is not a political statement. That is a moral, spiritual truth. And I'm going to give you an example. Because we have decided as a nation that we don't want God, and we've told him we told him to get out of our schools, and he can't be mad about Columbine. You can't be upset with God because our schools are now uh, essentially prisons with, with officers, armed guards, with metal detectors. You can't be mad at God. We told God to get out of our schools. You can't be upset with God that our land is sick and the hedge is down and pestilence is on top of us. You can't be, beloved, because we told God we were going to murder the unborn. We're going to redefine marriage. We have pushed him not only out of the public sector, but the private, even in some of our churches. So God has simply given us what we want. This week, we saw an incredible example, not only of the result of when you say to God, we don't want you nationally, we are watching the, the very setting of the stage for what I believe is coming soon. 
Now, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to give you just a list of what, what happened when we vacated Afghanistan, who is among the, the national confederation. There is a confederation of nations in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 that will invade Israel. God will step in. And he will rescue them for the purpose of awakening them as they move into the tribulation for the, for the salvation of, of the world, but specifically for the awakening of the stiff-necked, hard-hearted Jew that rejected Messiah. We left 22,000-plus Humvees, 8,000 military trucks, 16,000-plus night vision devices, 358,000-plus assault rifles, 169 armored personnel carriers, 42,000 trucks and armored SUVs, 64,000 machine guns, 33 M117 helicopters, 33 Blackhawks, four C-130 transports, 28 Cessnas, 10 Cessna AC-208 strike aircraft. That's just to mention a few of what we did. And Listen to me. Those very armaments we left in Afghanistan that is named among the coalition that is preparing, moving right now on the global theater, the stage, I believe those very pieces that we left behind will be sold not only to fund the eradication of Israel, but the invasion of Israel out of Ezekiel chapter 38. Now, I know that's some conjecture and a little bit of of my opinion, but beloved, I'm telling you, you better lift up your head. We are drawing nigh to going home. The stage is being set. Every character is in place, and the curtain is about to come up. And even down to the detail of what we've done in Afghanistan plays in to the ultimate prophetic plan of a sovereign, loving, holy God who's going to send his son to rescue us. The rapture's coming, beloved. I pray you keep looking up. Keep getting ready. Spend these moeds, these seasons this fall, as we go into these three very holy convocation times as a rehearsal to the reality that we are soon and very soon going home. Keep looking up, beloved. I'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Fairview Knox Church Podcast Prophecy Series. We pray it provides you not only with knowledge, but also peace from the Word of God. If you do not know Jesus today, it is not too late. The Father loved each and every one of us so much that He sent Jesus, His only Son, to the earth on a rescue mission for us. If we will confess and ask God to forgive us of our sins, if we will accept Jesus' free gift of salvation, not for anything that we have done or earned, but because of everything that He did on the cross and through His resurrection, and if we will make Him our Lord and follow Him in each step of our daily life to make His fame and His renown known to the world, then we will be saved. Saying these words alone does not save you. But believing by faith that He is real and stepping out to turn away from your sin and toward the Father will. If that is you today and you are making that profession today, we are rejoicing with you. All of heaven is rejoicing. We are so excited. We want you to let us know because we want to come alongside of you and help you get started on your walk. Um, You can email us at salvation at fairviewknox.com. 
Hey, stay tuned each Sunday as we live stream our worship experiences at 1045 a.m. Eastern Time at fairviewknox.com. And if you're ever close to Knoxville, we would love for you to drop by and join us. Have a great day.